Sometimes you realize you just have to settle in. You're, there's no place to be. The world may be crazy, but we don't have to be. And you've had enough crazy. You are going to excuse yourself from the madness. Maybe for an hour, maybe for two. Do I hear three? And if you're going to do three, you're going to need a cigar that can go all the way. Or go the distance, depending on how you like to use your catchphrases. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this Fingers, it has been a couple years, if I have it right, since we've done this cigar, the Arturo Fleming. Arturo Fleming. Good Lord. Can you imagine that I'm a professional? That's the name of my neighbor, That's Arturo right. Fleming. It's a great guy. The Arturo Fuente. Hemingway Masterpiece Maduro, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, we don't fix it in post. This is what you get, people. It's raw. The Arturo Fuente Hemingway Masterpiece Maduro. There is a natural, which is actually a Cameroon wrapper, and wonderful. This is a Connecticut Broadleaf, USA Connecticut Broadleaf. This cigar is a 9 by 52 Perfecto, which means it's 9 inches long. <laughs> You sounded so ridiculous. It's nine inches long. <laughs> and the ring gauge is a 52. That's the diameter of the cigar. You might want to think of it as how thick the cigar is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter. He always makes him laugh of the length and the diameter of the cigar. This thing is just a monster, except it doesn't smoke that way. I think people see this as smoking more into that full range. I think it's medium plus at the very best. But you're talking pound for pound, the best deal in cigars, Fingers Malloy, this right here. Well, I do like a value, so I'm very excited about this cigar. And first of all, right off the bat, it actually does feel like you got a nunchuck in your hand. I mean, my, <laughs> my goodness, it is, it is huge. The weight of it is perfect. Right? I, I, I Honestly, it, for, for this size, it feels... Very good in, in the hand. We just lit this. We are barely into the f the first third. Uh, you get that spice right away. At least I do, Tony. And then there's like a kind of a vanilla sweetness that there I'm noticing is right a off the sweet, bat. There is a creamy. Remember, this is not a flavored cigar by any stretch mm -hmm. of the imagination. This is just the tobacco. I do love the broadleafs. I really do like the richness. The Maduro there just adding uh, to, to that richness, right? That's how uh, the, the leaf is. But yes, because you've got Dominican in the binder and the filler. This is a Dominican product, but that broadleaf adds just all of that flavor. And because you've got a nine-inch cigar, you've got so much wrapper. The same reason that Fingers and I lean towards Lanceros and Panatella's. More wrapper, less binder and filler. That ratio, flavor comes from the wrapper. You're getting more of that flavor. And in this, that Connecticut Broadleaf flavor is just absolutely perfect. And so this is a perfecto. So it, it comes to a point where you, where you've, you know, I should say a very sh more shallow cap where you're cutting. And the foot is at a point. And it then just opens up. So it takes, it, there's some really intensity, some real intensity you need in the draw to kind of open this up. But then it'll get to that full 52 ring gauge. The draw will be nice and easy. It's, it's, it's about working your way towards those flavors. Uh, so you get that sweetness. You're actually doing a little bit of work at first. And then that, that spice that you're talking about really rests the tongue totally in a full coating right there. Yeah, it really lingers. And, you know, when we talk about these sticks, a lot of times we'll, 
We'll try to uh, think of where uh, a good place to enjoy it would be. You know, oh, is it a golf course cigar or no? Uh, you know, is, is it is it great for the lounge? Got to thinking about this, and you know, it, you're talking a two and a half to three hour smoke. Uh, you know, they are this week announcing the NFL schedule. What better way to sit back and enjoy an entire football game than to light up one of these? You could. You, this will take you the whole football game. Maybe not overtime. Um, uh, but it is. This is the, okay, I'm ducking out for a while cigar. This is not, hey, I'm going to have a cigar and then get back to it. This is a, I'm going to put myself out of commission, purposefully smoke, try not to bother me. You can grab one and join me, but let's not bother me for a while. Yeah, this is not a cigar that you're going to say, hey, I'm going to go outside and uh, grill a few burgers and I'll be right back. This is... Uh you're going to smoke a brisket. <laughs> this is the daddy needs me time cigar. Yes. Yes, this is a good brisket cigar. If you're starting your brisket, I don't know about you. When I am, we've, just, we've been working so hard on the book, guys. Let's go barbecue. It is a final pass from the editor going to lay out. Oh, this thing's going to be out super, super soon. And so we've been, we've been studying constantly. But I realized that when I do do a brisket, those first three hours... That's when I'm really paying attention. And then I build myself into a rhythm of where I could sleep, wake up, take a look at things, etc. And yes, it is one of these types of cigars to get me for, through those first three. Well, especially when you are, if you're putting on a brisket on a nice spring or summer evening, you're probably doing it at 8, 9 o'clock at night. And, you know, the weather's probably going to be just right. The temperature's going to be just right to, to sit back on your back deck and smoke a cigar for three hours. I'm the same way, and this stick would be absolutely perfect for that. The Arturo Fuente Hemingway Masterpiece Maduro, 9 by 52. It is, by the way, you feel that wrapper? Yeah. Feel that nice bit of oil, but yep. not overwhelming, but it's there. It you can it, It's like it's got little bumps in it. You can feel the veins in it, but no problem in the draw, right? Once that Perfecto opened up, is that just easy as can be? Yeah, the first 30 seconds, you, there's a little bit of a struggle. Uh, and it's not, the struggle isn't really real. But right. it's a, a little bit of a struggle. But then after that, it opens right up, and it's, it's, it's a great draw. In your notebooks, what did you eat today? What did you drink today? You want to write those things down to figure out where your palate was because what you ate, what you drank, could change how the cigar feels. Certainly the weather could change how the cigar feels. So what's the weather? Beautiful spring day in Indianapolis, Indiana. As we're recording this right now at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana. BlendBarCigar.com, Nashville, Houston, Pittsburgh. That's where you can find their locations. Fingers in the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Masterpiece Maduro 9x52. Is it in your liquor cabinet for approximately $20 a stick? I would not put this in my liquor cabinet, but I will put it in my humidor. Well, that, see, that won't do. I asked about liquor cabinet. <laughs> I would have gotten to humidor. <laughs> I, I honestly, this is going to be during the football season once a month. I'm going to sit back during a football game in my garage with my big screen TV, the garage door open, and I watch. We're getting three big screen TVs. That's happening. Is that happening? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Well, I'm, I'm, not no. I'm not judging. No, it's not going to be three big screen TVs. There's one big screen TV, and then above it, there will be two 19-inch TVs for other games that people care about. The 19-inch? Yeah. Where are you going to find that? 19-inch? The smallest they make now is 84. <laughs> 
don't get me started. It is simply amazing. I, I bought a 55-inch TV in 2001. It was $2,700. You can get an 80, what, 85-inch TV now for $62. Yes. It's crazy. And it comes with an Arturo Fuente Hemingway Masterpiece <laughs> Maduro. By the way, I do buy these by the box. Do you? I Because you can't always find them. These, are, these don't stay in stock often. I buy them by the box. And the last time I got them, I got five boxes. Holy. Oh, yeah. This is one of my all-time faves See, right you here. You like them. You know what? I've turned into a fan. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Uh, you think after all this time I would say it right. Earlier this week, I had a chance to sit down with David Fleming, the executive editor over at whiskeyadvocate.com talk about whiskey fest that was coming up in chicago and really what's going on in the world of whiskey and most importantly why is whiskey advocate not spelled with an e your whiskey advocate with no e the the american version is e the european version is no e what gives well we had to choose one basically so we went with the no e uh it was a decision of our chairman we basically uh thought that was the way we wanted to go. But it, it's really 50-50, essentially. I mean, yeah. I mean, Irish and American are with the E. Scottish, Canadian, Y. You know, so uh, we said, we'll go with the Y. So that's why we basically, there was no real super logic to it. We had to pick one. You're, you guys are connected with Cigar Aficionado uh, and, yeah. and that whole entity, that whole world. Um, is it... Was this just the natural uh, outgrowth uh, on Whiskey Advocate, or was this always part of the plan? I think it was always, you mean in terms of the company? Yeah, right? I think it was It was an outgrowth. I mean, cigars uh, are a real passion of Marvin Shankin. So he started that magazine, the owner of our company, uh, almost as a hobby, and it exploded beyond belief. I think he uh, he was always into whiskey and always into but he was busy with Wine Spectator and so forth. So at some point, the time would come where we would launch, you know, a magazine for whiskey lovers, too. And, gee, we have cigar as well, so it's perfect, you know? So now we talk just a little bit of, of Whiskey Fest. How does Whiskey Fest – I mean, everybody does a festival. Everybody has a reason. You've got this thing on tour. You're in multiple uh, yeah. cities. Do you get pushback when you say, hey, we want to bring a drinking event to Chicago, do people go in today's world? Whoa, 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 whoa! We don't know if we want that kind of thing here. Yeah, not really. I mean, you some there's some cities where maybe you wouldn't go there because you know already. Uh, there are some hotels that frankly don't have the size or the the infrastructure to accommodate you. But we figure that all out in advance. And some of these people, like in Chicago, the uh, the Hyatt Regency, we've been dealing with them for years. So it's. Uh, Unless there's some big legislative change, we're good. You know, they know us. So over at Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, the cigar and bourbon show that I host, in addition to my my other radio work, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, we don't work on a rating system. We work on a, at the price point. Yeah. Is this in our liquor cabinet? That's how we really go about trying to uh, look at these things. There are people with world-class palates. You may very well be one of those people. I am not one of those people. Um, is is it important in the world of whiskey to really get every note or is it more important to be an enjoyer? Because if you talk to people, they're, they they tell you, you got to be super serious or else you can't really enjoy the product. No, nah, I don't I don't believe that at all. 
there's a certain, first of all, you got to enjoy the product no matter who you are, you know? And uh, second of all, there's a certain, they call it getting through the wall where you aren't getting as a novice all the flavors that I might be getting. It takes some years to be able to get it. And little by little, you start also getting those nuances and all this stuff. In the meantime, there's plenty to enjoy with whiskey, you know? And frankly, I want to hear everybody's opinion. You know, I'm the expert and all that stuff and whatever. But I mean, I, I'm interested in some newbie as well. You know, I mean, my wife's not a big whiskey drinker. I always ask her what she thinks of this and what she thinks of that. You know, and, Wait a second. how many years have you been married? Uh, almost 30. <laughs> so, yeah. And at this stage of the game has. No, she drinks. I shouldn't say she's not a big whiskey. She drinks some whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. So, yeah. But she's not, you know, at it all the time like I am. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Talking to David Fleming right now. David Fleming joins us. Whiskey Advocate. Uh, com Whiskey Fest is coming up in Chicago. That's going to be on the 12th of May at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. And I will be there. Eat, drink, smoke. We'll be there. Eat, drink, smoke show. Uh, com. Myself and Fingers Malloy. Uh, wait till you meet Fingers Malloy, sir. Uh, as we're having yeah. this conversation about you know what it takes to be able to to enjoy whiskey the the explosion that has taken place uh, over the really the last decade maybe more the explosion mm-hmm. over covid i mean bourbon was this almost kind of forgotten about drink until until when what was the start of the of the renaissance of bourbon 10 15 maybe even 20 years ago by now well i think you know there's a lot of different threads. There always are in these things. But the main thing is, say, 20 years ago, and you're right about the 10, 15 years, typical bourbon drinker was like a middle-aged gentleman in a bar. You know, that's who drank it. Uh, not in all sections of the country, in many sections, though. Then we got this explosion in cocktails, vodka cocktails, you know, sex in the city, the Cosmo, and all this stuff. And what happened, along came the millennial, reaches legal drinking age. He's uh, curious about cocktails. He starts making them at home. He starts looking at these old fashions and other things. He says, why don't I try this? And you don't necessarily want to go to a bar every night. I'll go broke, you know? So he, they start buying whiskeys on the shelf, which were, you know, a bit, frank, to be honest, a bit cheaper back then, you know, 15 years ago. And they start collecting these things. And they go, hey, wait a second, you know? Uh, little old me, 28-year-old, 29-year-old Joe Blow, I got myself a little whiskey collection. This is fun. I have some friends over. I do this. We make some cocktails. We also taste. And they suddenly, little by little, become whiskey freaks and develop these palates, you know. And the whiskey companies respond with, uh, hey, you know, we have to come up with a lot of different expressions, a lot of different types of whiskeys, a lot of different labels. Because these kids are not kids anymore. They're grownups, but are loving this stuff. Let's jump, you know. Boom. It all just, nobody saw it coming, I have to say. But that's that's the genesis of it. It went from yep. the, the middle-aged guy to women too, you know, men and women. Now you see a lot of women at Whiskey Fest and all over whiskey events, you know, so yeah. You've seen the explosion of bourbon, the explosion of, of rye, the explosion of tequila, sipping uh, tequilas yeah. especially has been massive because of uh, certainly in the United States, the tariff conversation that you're not worried about things coming overseas. There was no tariffs and stuff coming from, from Mexico made that cost uh, a, a little bit easier. But it's funny that we credit millennials because they get credited with a couple of things that they've done right. They're going to yeah. spend their money. They want to know exactly what they're getting. And most importantly, they really want to know the story 
of yes. what it is that they have. So did the distiller have to get better at sharing their story or, or was it better at providing the expression of the story in the actual juice? Oh, they had to get much better at, 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 at sharing their story. I mean, in, in the old days, which would go be, you go and talk in eighties, but even 20 years ago, the number of people visiting and visiting a distillery was like weird. Very few people right. did it. You know, now this, the beautiful visitor center is everywhere and they've all got it. And it's their destination places, you know? I mean, back then they'd be lucky if they got 5,000 visitors a year. Now they get like whatever, 500,000, some of them, you know? And so these places have become total destinations. It used to be like a, considered like a factory. So why would you go there? Just a bunch of pipes, you know? Not right. anymore. There's barrels, it's uh, blenders, it's all the whole art, you know? David Fleming is his name. He's the executive editor of whiskeyadvocate.com. That's without an E, Whiskey Advocate, without an E. And that conversation continued. You can actually find it on the Eat, Drink, Smoke page, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. I should really call it website. I don't know why I called it a page. It's a whole website. It's a community. It's a world, and you can be a part of it, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. There's a lot more to smoke. There's a lot more to drink. And find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. With a cigar like this, you never want to bring bad news or weird news or news that will so freak you out that you may never leave the house again. But allow me. Bo Jackson has had the hiccups for a year. A year? A year. So he's been going for a year. Bo knows hiccups. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. It's a true story. What does you 2 have it to do with this? What does you 2 have Bonos? to do with no, not, not Bono. Oh. Bo. Bo, Bo Bono? Bono? Bo. I swear to you, if you came to rehearsal, this show would be much better. It really would. He says I was, he wasn't at the unveiling of a statue for Frank Thomas, uh, an Auburn Tiger alum, saying, I wasn't there because I've been dealing with hiccups. I've had the hiccups since last July. He has done everything to try and stop the hiccups, including... Smelling the butt of a porcupine. That's considered good luck in Latvia. Is that right? Yes. The Latvians, we love you. And I, it, Fingers Malloy has nothing but the utmost respect. And if you want us to, we'll do the show live from Latvia. Mm. Count me in. He has been going to doctors, trying to figure out what to do. He's going to be now getting a procedure to, uh, to try and, and correct this. It's the weirdest story. But if you've had hiccups for 12 minutes, hiccups can be painful and, and, and annoying and frustrating. A year. So I wonder what the procedure is. You go to an ear, nose, and throat person, and they do something to an area that triggers hit hiccups. Do they, if it's, it's, it's a nerve related is it that this is interesting i don't know if it's nerve related or 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 not i don't know how it it works i don't know if it has something with you know like people have deviated septums and things like that i i have absolutely no no clue but we're all going to learn about it because this is fascinating sometimes you hear stories about people having illnesses having issues having this having it's amazing the human species has been able to exist at all the body is weird af i f i feel bad for bo jackson 
I mean, and, you know, listen, I'm sure that he is uh, wealthy from everything that he did during the, the Bo Nose years. And, uh, you know, he, he did have a solid baseball career, but it was so cut short. Anybody who has, uh, is old enough to have seen Bo Jackson play football. Unreal. My goodness. And just a freak tackle screwed up his hip and ended his football career. He was still a very good baseball player, but the things, the records he would have been able to break if he would have been able to have a full football career, it, it would have been simply amazing. According to the Mayo Clinic, some of the issues that can cause hiccups to last more than 48 hours, nerve damage or irritation, central nervous system disorders, metabolic issues, like that's just some of it. There's no real answer. There's no rhyme or reason on the thing. My question is, uh, how does he not get that taken care of sooner? After hour number three. Yeah. I would be demanding surgery. <laughs> what do you want us to do? Just cut something. Cut me, Mick. Right. Cut me. I mean, to put up with this for almost a full calendar year and finally getting, ta- getting it taken care of now, I mean, maybe he just couldn't find the right doctor to be able to take care of it. You would think there'd be someone out there that would be able to diagnose this relatively quickly and say, let's take care of this bow so this doesn't last a whole year. Yeah, I, I would have assumed that as well. I don't know why you'd have to ask uh, Bo Jackson. Get him on the phone. Get, get him on the... <laughs> didn't he play for the Detroit Tigers? No. Bo Jackson oh, for the Auburn the Tigers. Auburn Tigers. He, he played, played for the White Sox? Yes, in Kansas City. Kansas City. That's it. That's it. Thank you. So he never played for Detroit. Mm-mm. So you don't actually care what happens to him, do you? Oh, that's a terrible thing. I care about all of our... You care what happens to Matthew Stafford? Who? That's exactly what I, I thought. Research from Microsoft says that since February 2020, people are in three times more Microsoft Teams meetings and calls per week, a whopping 192% increase, and the heaviest Teams users are spending close to eight hours a week in online meetings alone. Um, I'm so glad I don't, I don't work in that world. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Anyone who works in an office or in, really anywhere that, where they have team meetings realizes just how much of a producti- productivity suck a meeting really is. People look forward to the meeting. People stop working 15 minutes before the meeting. They got to prepare for the meeting. Yeah. You, you got to cut an email. You got to come up with a, uh, I don't know, a PowerPoint presentation for the meeting. And then you go to the meeting. And then after the meeting's over, what do you do? You have to talk about the meeting. So that's another half an hour. Really, your whole afternoon shot because of a meeting. And now you're seeing companies doing more and more of these. It just means, to me, you're, you're seeing uh, workplaces just being less and less productive. Who needs quiet quitting? Just have a bunch of meetings. Just have a bunch of meetings. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. It's, it, it's, it's a much easier way to go about things. I, I, the meeting is supposed to now create an action. Does it create an action for the people who are in the meeting, or does it create actions for people under the people who are in the meetings? I feel like the actions that are going on in the meetings, 85% of them involve daydreaming. Is that right? Honestly, if we're really talking about this uh, in a way that we're analyzing, I, I feel like many of these meetings are just a waste of time. And it's, it, a lot of times it's, it's showing people maybe 
superiors that we're having a meeting, that we're, we're doing something we're trying to tackle a problem. You and I have been doing this show for four years mm-hmm. um, as a podcast and three as a, a radio show heard across the country. The largest cigar and bourbon review radio show in the country is Eat, Drink, Smoke. In those four years, we have had two and a half meetings. Yes. And, and by the way, the product shows. <laughs> the product shows that we, we don't have enough meetings. But I don't... When I started my radio career in Indianapolis, I do morning radio. And then every day, we had a one-hour-plus meeting afterwards. Every day, we were talking about story selection, formatics, getting used to each other. That went on for about four and a half years. Wow. And then it slowed down a little bit because people got moved in other directions. And then COVID came, and so there were no meetings. And we've never had another meeting since, really. <laughs> we, we talk on the phone every now and again. We get together every now and again. But I'm, I, at this stage, I'm trusted to do the job properly, I, I guess. I never minded those meetings. That never bothered me. We were going over the stuff. It was part of the workday as far as I, I, I was concerned. And it was prep to, okay, we want to book these people. So it was also helpful to me and, and, and the show. I can't imagine eight hours of meetings a week are really productive. Do the eight hours of meetings provide 10 hours of production? No. Right? You hire somebody, you hire an employee, you hire them for 10 hours, you want 11 hours of production, that way you have something you can profit off of. Yeah, I feel like nowadays, uh, meetings, 85% of the content in a meeting could be handled just in a group email. And you don't have to bring everyone together because at the end of the day, I I do believe that this is a, a situation where you have these meetings and all it really does is take away from the productivity of that particular afternoon. Unless the emails are written the way people write texts, which is not even full sentences. It's like three emojis and a question mark. And you have to now decipher its hieroglyphics. Do you really have to show everything that goes on backstage at Eat, Drink, Smoke? You have never sent me an emoji that I know of. Have you ever sent me an emoji? I don't send emojis. Thank God. Thank God you're Except still a man. smiley faces. You send smiley faces? Yes. And when I'm joking uh, in an email to show that I'm joking, I send a winky face. No, I don't do that. I don't know the last time I got an email from you, but now I'm going to go look. <laughs> Open up your inbox right now. By the way, if, if, you, if, you respond, if you talk to me in emojis, chances are we're, we're not really friends. <laughs> I need sentences. I don't make me... Don't make me get out my Ovaltine decoder ring. Frowny face emoji. You're an idiot. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. After four years of this program, I only know one thing. I'm a rye guy. I get it. We do a lot of bourbon. We drink a lot of bourbon. I enjoy a good bourbon. But there is something about rye that just works for my palate. And this is the Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Different than the seven-year. This one doesn't have an age statement. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Fingers from the people at Beam Centauri. This, the Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey, the green label, coming in at 100 proof, ladies and gentlemen. Anything 100 proof or over will get applause from Fingers Malloy. Now, the mash bill is undisclosed, 
but the feel is is that this hits at about 51% rye, just over the limit. Bourbon, by law, has to be 51% corn. Rye is 51% rye. But the mash bill being undisclosed, we don't know what else has been added to this in order to bring this rye forward. It also does not have an age statement. It doesn't have to. Very often, age statements are used as marketing statements, how long it's been in the barrel. Oh, look, it must be a better product. No age statements could mean that this is mixed with a couple of different ryes together, and some of it could be very, very new, very, very green uh, kind of rye, although there are rules in order to be a straight rye, like there are rules to be a straight bourbon. But honestly, it's rye, and sometimes Daddy just wants a drink. I'm really surprised that we haven't done this before. We, I, I trying to think of the last time we did Knob Creek. I believe we did Knob, last time we did Knob Creek, we were in Orlando for a conference and we were sipping Knob Creek outside. That's that, a couple years ago. Yeah, I believe that's the last time. A couple of years ago because I, I think Knob Creek now does a 25. Is it a 25 year or an 18 year? Which one is it that I think that, that I, I most recently had, but we didn't do for, for the show? They make a solid standard product, everybody. You grab it everywhere. You see it everywhere. It will solve a need for you. They do make an 18-year at 100 proof. Okay. Bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. Not, no, not a rye. A, a, a bourbon. Correct. Yeah. I'm trying to think last time we did any Knob Creek product. It's been a while, so sorry for the delay. Happy to bring it to you. This is a very, very pale gold color. Doesn't have the coppers, doesn't have the ambers, doesn't have uh, the, the, the richness in, in the color. Uh, sticks to the glass in, in a fine way. A little bit of viscosity there. We're using the Glen Cairn glass, that oddly shaped glass with the foot. Then it bows out and comes back in so you can really concentrate the nose, which has a little bit of a hit yeah. for me. A little bit of a hit. That's, is that fruity? I was going to say I'm getting some citrus on it. Oh, that's that's like appley. Yeah, it's it's like like a, a bit. It wasn't citrus for me. A bit apple orchard there, and a touch smoky. Yeah, little no. a fruit apple fruit for me, and a touch smoky. Not a whole heck of a lot of oak. No, no, just, uh, of oak. You said no, yeah. no, 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 no. Hmm. I, I think just because the smoky for me is would kind of overwhelm it. It's not that it's aggressive. It's just. Anytime for me there's something smoky, it'll mute a lot of the other uh, sensations, a lot of the other flavors or smells. Yeah. Uh, well, Tony, I don't want to dawdle anymore. I, I need to get right into this. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there something you'd like to tell us? Opening day, NFL season, Detroit Lions going to Kansas City to take on the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And that causes you to drink now? Sure. Opening day is like five months away. Yeah, but I'm not scared. Well, it's four months. Why do you keep <laughs> saying that? You're not scared. Not scared. We're going to go into there, uh, the, the old uh, Arrowhead Stadium, and it's going to be okay. Not going to embarrass ourselves. Mahomes These isn't going to drop 12 touchdowns on you? He may, and we may drop 11 back. That's all. That's all. I love the feeling. Figures, are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat and then decide whether we're going to bring it to a cube or just add a little bit of water. This is the Knob Creek 100 proof straight rye right there. No age statement. Fingers Malloy, what do you got? 
Well, first of all, there's a nice little sting on the tongue that lingers, and it does go into a nice gentle warmth into the chest. There's a, a peppery spice that goes along with this. I, I'm getting a touch of citrus, and now I'm getting oak. Uh, it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Uh, I Maybe because there there isn't as much rye in the mash bill as I, I'm used to in a rye. I'm not getting a lot of the rye spice. Right. Uh, but, man, it, there's like a there's a peppery note right off the bat, and uh, it's pleasant. It's not what I was expecting at all. I'm going in, fingers. The Knob Creek No Age Statement Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Now, Knob Creek does do a seven-year. Uh, it's right. It's a seven-year rye, isn't it? Uh, that's yes. not this. Right. That is not this right here. This can be found absolutely everywhere. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He is doing the Kentucky Chew. The Kentucky Chew. And I'm really... Okay. Okay. First of all, yeah, there's a little bit of citrus on the on the, on the tongue, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get too much of a spice at all. This is actually sweeter than I thought that, that it would play. There's a little bit of vanilla... Oh. There's definitely some real citrus going on there. I think you're right. There's a, the, the smoky is on the nose. The smoky is not on the palate. There's a little bit of oak. It's a very easy blend right there. I don't even think I'm moving this to a cube. That's just a simple, simple. Actually, the finish just turned bitter. How weird is that? Just right there. No, wait, that's not bitter. That, that, that's oaky. That's oaky. Yeah. It went from bitter to oak. Simple, easy. There, 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 there's nothing complex in this conversation at all. Just a nice little piece. I'm a little parched. Are you? Yeah. It has made you parched? Yes. I need some water. It has sucked the moisture from, from your mouth, has it? This is the Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. No age statement. 100 proof. Fingers. It's just a simple little drink. You're a rye guy. How do you feel about this compared to other ryes? Doesn't actually feel like a rye. No. You don't get that rye spice that you, you, you normally get. Now, I find that there's a difference between Midwest rye and East Coast rye in terms of flavor profiles. It's always been that way for me. This doesn't have the, 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 the rye-ness. This is... This much more plays like a simple bourbon because... Of that oak vanilla being so so present, that's what I get. It's really growing on me on the nose. Yeah. I'm, Look, I, there's nothing I'm, wrong with this. There's nothing bad about this. I'm picking up a lot more vanilla on the nose than I did uh, before I, I took a sip. This is really interesting. I I'm digging this. I would really like to know how much it costs. Would this be in your liquor cabinet, not your humidor, because that would be silly? In your liquor cabinet at between thirty three and forty dollars a bottle. Yes. I think so. Yeah, there's. If you just need something, if you just need a base, yeah, you need a base play. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're not trying to do anything special. This has got you covered. There's nothing wrong with simple people. It could be your old reliable rye that's always in your liquor cabinet and could work for the table. Yeah, yeah, and the slightest heat center chest, slightest heat. As we know, Fingers Malloy, it's totally fine to put ketchup on a hot dog. Says who? Uh, says uh, the CDC. 
and eight-year-olds around the country. Ketchup on a hot dog is just fine. The question is, would you spend $29 on a hot dog? On a hot dog? Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We're not talking about your typical Costco buck fifty hot dog. It comes with the drink, and the onions are returning. No word yet on whether or not that is in the gun. In Manhattan, Midtown restaurant called Misha. They have a $29 hot dog on the menu. I hope it's all beef. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, question. Wagyu. It measures nine inches long. <laughs> weighs eight ounces. <laughs> it is dry-aged brisket and pork hybrid. Oh. Tucked inside a chewy natural hog casing. Oh, Natural hog casing, that's the way to go. So would you spend eight ounce would you spend twenty nine dollars on an eight ounce steak? Yes. So they're asking the question, why not do it with a hot dog? Served on a potato bun. Comes with a ramekin of punchy dry aged brisket chili, tasty enough to spoon on its own, and the condiments include fiery kimchi. Wow, that's interesting. Right? Uh, have you so had kimchi on a, on a I, dog? Oh, I love kimchi. Well, think of sauerkraut. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. Just, you know, done differently. But I, I, I'm not a kimchi expert. Doesn't there, isn't there a little bit of kick to kimchi? Oh, most, if it's done right, most definitely there's a little kick uh, to kimchi. Uh, you're talking about um, it's vegetables or cabbage. It's Korean. It's pickled, fermented, the, the whole thing, the kimchi pots, buried underground um, in, 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 a, in a very traditional way. Oh, some kimchi is just fantastic. I like the concept, and I dig the idea of brisket with kimchi. That's a, the smoky of the brisket, the spice of the kimchi. That's a nice mix. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, but do you put, you know, I, I'm seeing some of the other condiments on the side on the condiment plate. Ketchup, Put ma- mayonnaise, or not mayonnaise, a mustard on on this dog with the kimchi. Oh, you with kimchi? I don't know, but maybe because you would do mustard with kraut. Yeah, it would really depend on the spice level of the kimchi and the type of mustard that you're using. I don't think I would do a spicy brown mustard with kimchi. I would do a yellow mustard with kimchi and allow the kimchi to mo- to move up. But with a sauerkraut, I don't mind a spicy brown mustard in making that happen. This is not a dumb idea. I think twenty nine dollars. It's um, it's Manhattan shtick, for for sure. Uh, but it it's there's something more to it. It's just a question of presentation because you would spend it the other way. You would spend it the other way. Okay, yeah. So uh, to me, this feels like a touristy thing. Like if you're in Manhattan. And you find out about this, you go to the restaurant and you order the dog. I, if this were something at a, a local restaurant here in central Indiana. No, you, place to be closed. <laughs> that, that's true, too. But I think that, that's a one-time thing, right? I mean, I just can't imagine people making a $29 hot dog part of their regular I'm going out for a night on the town part of their weekend it's because it's a hot dog 
Yeah. If it wasn't a hot dog and they did it in another preparation, people would spend $29 on it all day long. But you see it and you visualize size for cost. You're like, I can't do this. This isn't so crazy because you look at other things right now at restaurants and what they cost. Go to a bar and grill and get yourself a dozen wings. $482. <laughs> you have to finance them over 30 years, Tony. It, it is getting ridiculous. I went to a local uh restaurant it's a chain though uh, that specializes in wings i won't name their name i does won't it, does it rhyme with booters maybe <laughs> i got a dozen wings there to go by the way i, I ordered oh, a good lord well i don't want to hear oh you're just going there because the girl don't care i want the wings because i could eat a whole bowl of the breading just by itself do they have attractive women at booters uh, that, that that is uh the word on the street oh is that what they say yes is that what the kids say? Yes. With their rock and roll music? <laughs> That's right. On their WhatsApp? Is that safe? I have no idea. So anyway, I got the wings and an order of fries. It was over $20. And I thought to myself, I could have gotten a steak. I, I don't know how anybody affords anything. I say this to you all the time. I don't know how anybody affords anything. We are now doing a lot of um, top sirloin in the house. Mm-hmm. Because it's it, it's it's wonderful in the meatiness in in that steak flavor, and in the house, like like I, I'm getting a grill, like so that's the next big purchase, getting an actual uh, grill to go along with the smoker. We do a lot of work in the cast iron, yeah, a little bit of oil, or sometimes uh, we do a little beef tallow and use that salt and pepper, good to go. The kids make their own; they feel very comfortable with it. And you can get a little bit of crust, and I think it comes out great. I love cast iron cooking. And those, three to four minutes on each side, and then allow it to cook on the sides as well. You know, stand it up, move it around. Let it rest for five to seven minutes. Next thing you know, you're eating. And those come in when we... Sometimes you find them on sale, sometimes not. Seven ninety nine a pound? Yeah. I can do that, or I can spend $20 <laughs> on some nonsense breading wings and fries... And by the way, I'm not talking about from Booters anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing about... It sounds like Booters, right? It, it, kind of, yeah. The funny thing about sirloin, I know a lot of people will turn their nose to sirloin because it it's not the most tender meat when it comes to steak, but it provides great flavor, like you said. That That's one of those steaks that I really like to do the reverse sear. Yeah. Cook it slow. Uh, let the, the grill, uh, you know... Uh, do its magic with with that smoky grill flavor and then hit it at high temperatures for for 60 to 90 seconds 600 degrees and i think it's a great cut on the grill on a grill because i'm looking to get one this one's going to be natural gas because i have the natural gas hookup i decided that's what i want to go with how do you feel about the infrared i don't know enough about it but i believe i've seen some of them my goodness they can get 1500 degrees yeah they can do some amazing amazing work I don't know if that's necessary. I think if I can get a grill over 500, get it to 600, 650, that's more than enough to engage a worthwhile sear. It really is. Yeah. But I look at some of those infrareds and like, that's kind of fascinating. And then I ask myself, do I want to get like the standalone gas grill or do I want to build out a bit of the kitchen? You're going to get the whole kitchen. Kind of thing. I'm, th- I'm considering, if I'm going to do it, shouldn't I do it right Shouldn't I do it proper? Yes. My question to you, though, is if you're going to do a steak, will you use both the smoker and 
the grill, or are you just going to go ahead like, and use I don't like I don't like steak on a smoker. No? I, I, nope. I want a certain flavor. Now, that flavor is, you know, you could agree, a charcoal flavor. Why am I just getting something charcoal? What I want is the flame. What I want is is that touching the heat, kiss, uh, touching the flame, the meat touching the flame, kissing it, and giving it that, that something extra. But with the infrared, there's like there's some interesting broiling and other things you can kind of do with it. I'm like, do I want that that mobility that that mobility that flexibility? And I'm saying to myself, maybe I do. But man, you could start spending like it's your job. Yeah, I, I love my grill because it can go anywhere from 170 to 700 degrees, and it's a charcoal grill, and it it functions like a pellet grill where it's got a digital controller. But w- one of the things I don't like about it that I do like about gas is sometimes you just want to cook a hot dog. You just want to grill a hot dog. And if you've got a gas grill, you can get that, that up to temperature in a couple of minutes yeah. where it takes, you know, 10, 12 minutes. Who has the time, Tony? <laughs> Not you. No. <laughs> time is your enemy <laughs> is what I noticed. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> again and again and again, we're drinking the Knob Creek rye. We're smoking the Arturo Fuente Hemingway masterpiece. Maduro, we will break down both of those. And I skipped it, Fingers Boy. We'll get to more news of the week. Don't forget to find Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed. That's at Amazon.com. Buy our book, Let's Go Bourbon, at Amazon.com. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. The Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey, simple, easy, between thirty-three and forty dollars a bottle. Do not. You're going to put it on a cube. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. I am not. I'm going to put a couple of drops of cool water in it, and I only do it for eat, drink, smoke nation. You're a great American. I'll throw mine on a cube. I think it works neat. It's simple. It's easy. You weren't going to throw it on a cube, uh, yeah. But we did, I, did I guilt you into it because we're doing it for eat, drink, smoke nation? I do it for eat, drink, smoke nation. Is right. Get a little bit of that excess water out of there because I've got the big cube. And in it goes. In it goes. It's, we believe, 51% rye. It's a very, very low rye uh, content rye. We're not sure what else is in it. The mash bill is undisclosed. Uh, it's, it's just simple. That's the best way to put it. It's not bad. You get some of that vanilla. You get some of that citrus on the palate. You get a little bit of smoky on the nose. A little bit of oak on the palate as well. Uh, that finish brings a little bit. Of, of spice, but not not that not that rye spice as fingers was talking about that you may be used to with a rye. All in all, simple and easy. Would you would you say it's a peppery spice? That's what it kind of feels like to me. As opposed to I, more nutmegs, tr- more those yeah, kind of baking yeah, spices. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I would say it's a little more peppery. For now, sure. for me on the nose, after I added a couple drops of cool water, it really brought out the vanilla. Yeah, I put it on the cube and it's ruined. Really? It's water at this point. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, it just it's it still has a little bit of that vanilla, almost like a vanilla cream kind of thing happening. There is a spice that's building back on on the tongue. For me, for me, it played more pleasantly neat than than on the cube. How did the little do bit of water do you? That? I don't want to try that. Oh wow. I don't know where you've been. I was at Booters. Well, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. I definitely don't watch. As a matter of fact, go wash your hands. <laughs> Uh, for me, that toned down that, that uh, peppery spice a little bit and brought out a little bit more of the vanilla and the oak. I actually am enjoying it a little bit more with a couple of drops of cool water in it. 
That's fascinating. It's fascinating how the water does that. It'll bring down proof because that's what water does. It brings down uh, the proof, but it does open up your 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 liquor, and it does allow you to have other opportunities well, with it. Also, it probably has. Uh, it may be influenced on what I had to eat today. Do we want to play? You'll be Do fa- we want to play? You'll be fascinated with what I've had to eat today. It's time to play America's Favorite Game, everybody. What did Fingers eat today? Here's how we play our game. Fingers Malloy has the worst diet in the history of mankind. If it comes, there are five food groups. There's there's a vending machine, mm-hmm. fancy vending machine, mm-hmm. everyday vending machine, mm-hmm. gas station vending machine, yes. and broken vending machine. <laughs> those are the five food groups that Fingers Malloy eats from. Someone's got to write those down. I won't remember. He's going to tell us what he ate today, and then we will ask the question that has been plaguing mankind for an eternity. Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? Tony, I had two pieces of toast, heavily buttered, and a quarter of a chocolate cake with vanilla frosting. Breakfast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I need a minute. I need a minute. We, sh- we don't rehearse. I need... Why do I have a weight did, problem? Did the, did the cake go in between? <laughs> no. I'm not, a, I'm not a savage. I didn't have a toasted cake sandwich. I had my toast. And then I thought, what would go good with my coffee? Oh, I'll be darned. There's chocolate cake. Why have one piece when you can have two? And then there was like a... Nice, thick vanilla frosting on the chocolate cake. Oh, and I forgot, uh, on the frosting, there was uh, crumpled up uh, crumbs of uh, Oreo. So you had that, too. Okay, all right, all right. Are you saying you're not done? (laughs) No, that's it. I mean, at that point, I'm thinking to myself, if I have a third piece of cake, it's going to go straight to my thighs. (laughs) And that's all you had today? That's all I've had today. Oh, and uh, Knob Creek Rye. Would that have an impact on my palate, Tony? Yes. Fingers Malloy. Uh How are you still alive? I did two squat thrusts in the parking lot. I feel fantastic. You look great. Thank you. My God, you're going to live forever (laughs) if forever ends tomorrow. Fingers Malloy, along with the Knob Creek, we are smoking the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Masterpiece Maduro, nine inches by 52 on the ring gauge. We are, I am just now into the second third of this cigar. Yeah. Just now into the second third of this cigar. You want to break your cigar up into thirds. In your head, first third, second third, final third. And when you're writing everything down in that notebook, like what you ate today, you know, your cake sandwich. <laughs> and what did you drink today? Your Knob Creek rye. You're also writing down the weather. Gorgeous in Indianapolis, Indiana, as we record at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, blendbarcigar.com. And, and you want to write down the, the, the notes that you're getting in each third. Then when you go back and check the cigar and smoke that cigar again a couple months later, you check the notes again and you find the through lines. That's where your palate is. That's what you really think of the cigar. Fingers. I'm a happy man. Yeah, this is wonderful. The only thing that uh, my only minor complaint with this is we have had to touch it up a lot, but I think that has more to do uh, with user error than anything else. Just we have been sitting these sticks down a lot because we do a radio show. You also have noted that the cigar is ashy as opposed to a cigar that will build long ashes and the ash stays really compacted. This is a little bit flying about everywhere. Yeah. 
And is that the size of the cigar? Could it be the actual how the cigar was wrapped? I, I can't give you a good answer there. You're right. That can get a, a little bit annoying because it creates a little bit of dust everywhere you go. But the flavor profile of this cigar, the very tobacco forward uh, that this cigar has to offer, what that Connecticut broadleaf is, is bringing to it, which is a flavor that I love and adore, uh, that, that, that creamy sweetness with that spice that, that layers on. And it, it actually goes well with the rye um, uh, before I put it on the cube. Nice, nice mix. This cigar, 9x52, the Masterpiece Maduro from Arturo Fuente, the Hemingway, $20 a stick, three-hour smoke. You got to dedicate the time to it. You're going to need to relax, clear the calendar. Well, a pound for pound, best cigar for the money. I would agree with you. And three hours, that's a perfect football cigar to me. If you're mm. watching, uh, you know, if you're watching uh, your your favorite team on your computer, on your back deck, or if you got a situation where you can smoke your cigar in your garage and you got a TV out there. Or this, three. Yes. That, this is the stick for you. Let us talk about, I, I know we've got to do news of the week, but it's okay. It's okay if we don't do news of the week. Yes. Let's talk about the Lions and the Chiefs just for a second, or really the start of this NFL season. Um, is we've seen rules changes in baseball how they have the pitch clock now it's changing things there's a lot of uh, unhappiness i'm not sure of all the rules changes that have come to to the nfl but it seems to me that the nfl really had a nice season last year yeah it had a lot of great opportunities it had uh uh the hamlin story uh and and how he was able to i mean he almost died on the field and how people rallied around that Football had some really good options and opportunities uh, for grabbing back its audience. Yeah. Can it build on that? Yes, absolutely. It, listen, it, it's the most popular sport in America right now. It used to be where sports would kind of respect each other and their days. Like the NBA would have, I believe, a triple header on Christmas Day and everybody would be like, oh, we'll let the NBA have their day. Not anymore. The NFL is going to have games on Christmas Day. They know that they are the big ratings draw. Uh, they have turned their sport into a 12-month season. They're, it's genius how they go from the Super Bowl, then they go to the, the, the draft combine, and then they have the draft, and then there's free agency season, and now they're making it feels like the, cigar, uh, the, uh, the schedule release a two-day event. It's a year-round sport. It's the most popular sport, and it continues to grow. It, it is quite incredible. And, of course, more games in Europe. The Indianapolis Colts, where we are, will be playing in Germany. They'll be playing the New England Patriots. Um, they really do love that European expansion. Yeah. They love that they the desperation to make it a world game. Yeah. It's a desperation. They want a division in Europe. I don't know how they're going to be able to pull that off, but they desperately want four teams in Europe. They can want it all they want. That travel, yeah. that changes how guys play. Right. That can lead to injuries. We'll get into more of it. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.